This is Together 24-7, episode 145. Hi everyone, this is Barry Cohen, one half of the Together 24-7 podcast. You've gotten to know us from listening to our show, but did you know that we've been in business together since 2003 and separately since 1997? We've taken our experience and knowledge from multiple successful businesses and transformed them into one company, Business Solutions for Growth. And now you can work with us directly. In just 30 days, we'll work with you to create a strategic plan with focus, clarity, and vision. We zone in on your talents, experience, desires, and skills to create the right business strategy for you so you can hit the ground running with a plan of action to take your business to the next level. For more information, go to businesssolutionsforgrowth.com or call us at 602-399-7430. That's businesssolutionsforgrowth.com or call us at 602-399-7430. Welcome to Together 24-7, the show that talks to entrepreneurial couples about their business lives, their personal lives, and how to balance both without driving each other crazy. Here's your hosts, Barry and Catherine Cohen, showing how you can be business partners with your sweetheart and sweethearts with your business partner. Barry and Catherine have been married since 1996, in business together since 2003, and have survived to talk about it. Welcome to another episode of Together 24-7. I'm your host, co-host, Barry Cohen. Are you my host or my co-host? I'm your co-host. Okay. I hope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For today. For today. Don't mess it up. Uh, I'm your other co-host, Catherine Cohen. And what's this show about, Kat? Uh, this show interviews couples who are in business and in love. Aww. So that makes them insane. Like us. Like us. Who's our guest today? We have Noelle Holmes and Mike Stemple. Uh, they oh, are... it's Nina. Nina. No, it's Nina Noelle. See? See, throw... I get thrown off by middle names. Don't give me middle names. Unless it's like Anne and your first name is Mary, okay? Nina Holmes, <laughs> Mike Stemple... Inspirer is the company. Inspirer is an ideation studio. I had to like read this 10 times to make sure I wasn't going to screw up any pronunciations that helps businesses and individuals with ideation. And then the rest of it got cut off. We're blaming you for that. Like you blamed me for the technical difficulties before we started recording. Nina and Mike have been in business together for two years. They live in Golden, Colorado, so they must drink a lot of beer. Now, wait a second. It says, one piece says Golden, Colorado. The other piece says Denver, Colorado. So their business might be located in Denver and they may live in Golden. We'll find out in a minute. I don't know how far apart they, uh, those two places are. But Golden equals Coors Beer. They are engaged. Now this is interesting. Nina went into business with Mike and then they got engaged. Now I'm going to assume there was some dating either before they went into business or together or after but they are now engaged as a result of being in business together so nina is the co-founder and cmo at inspirer she's the heart of the business she's focused on every touch point that a customer or potential customer has with inspirer so if you go to the website nina pops up and like her hand comes through your screen and shake no i don't think so um she's a creative ideator uh, ideator she's a designer marketing strategy expert she loves creation testing optimizing initiatives for inspire and inspire clients she loves to spend her free time with family friends 
and they have a puppy. She also loves photography, travel, surfing, tennis, and reading. And I'm going to jump in and ask Nina a question right off the bat because I feel kind of dumb right now. What's an ideator? An ideator? Yes, please. That is someone who thinks for a living. Oh, hell, I could do that. Really? Oh, no, I think whatever you want me to think. <laughs> so I could be the ideator. You there could you just go. be my puppet. That's oh, wait, it. you already are. <laughs> Thank you for answering that question because I had no idea what it is. I thought it was maybe like, you know, what's what's the Disney Imaginary? Uh, Imagineer. Oh. Imagineers, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Disney Mike Imagineers. Is, Mike's the expert ideator, so he probably has uh, some critique on my answer to that question, so... <laughs> Well, since you came up first in the bio, you got to ask. You got to be asked the question. Therefore, your answer stands. Your answer stands and is correct. <laughs> so, Nina, you built six companies to date. Uh, learned from your failures. Always a good thing. Always a good thing to not make the same mistake twice. Uh, and you you found that your passions aligned with your skill sets, and uh, and boom, there you are, successful. We do that with our clients too. We align their passions and their skill sets. Absolutely. It makes a business work. It does make a business work. All of this led to Nina working with Mike. He mentored her as she was launching an e-commerce company. She loved what Mike was doing on Inspirer, decided to close down her e-commerce business. Boy, there's a lot of uh, good mentoring money down the drain. Well, I'm sure she got it back tenfold because they started dating. They did start dating. They fell in love as they were launching the new Inspirer and went all in to create an incredible business together. Mike is the CEO. EO of Inspirer. He helps individuals and businesses discover, design, build, and monetize unique ideas based on proprietary ideation process developed through the building of numerous successful startups. So he's consulted with hundreds of companies. His whole, they do sort of what we do, sort of not. Um, they take ideas and they help companies develop the strategy to take them to be companies and not just, you know, it's like, a good idea. If you want to make a company, have it become a company. Well, you know, and not just be like this th random thought that went through your brain. Mike is one of the top ideators in the world. He's founded 20 plus companies. Uh, he's also a sponsored endurance athlete, top rated mentor and director emeritus at Founder Institute. He is a mentor at Techstars, a past Colorado governor appointee. I don't ever know that that's like such a great thing when a politician appoints you because it... It depends on the politician. It depends on the politician. It depends on like what you got to do and all that f other fun stuff. Proud veteran of the U.S. Army. Mike, thank you for your service. You've had a lot of success, but realize success doesn't mean anything unless you have somebody to share it with. Amen. Amen. And you met Nina and now you've got somebody to share the success of your company, Inspirer, with. So... Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys met and how you went from being the mentor, uh, Mike, of Nina's business to creating a business together. Or Nina, you, you kind of came in on Mike's idea of being an ideator at Inspirer. So tell us a little bit about that, the beginning, and how you decided that, hey, we can be in love and in business together. Well, we didn't plan that. So when Nina first came to me, she was asking for some ideation help around her business. That's kind of my hallmark. Uh, I've built the 20 businesses of my own, and 
uh, work up at Techstars and Founders Institute, training thousands of different entrepreneurs on how to build scalable, large technology businesses. So when Nina asked me to help her out, um, more than happy to. Um, and along the way, we became close friends. Uh, she was probably the, well, she isn't. She is the best entrepreneur I've ever mentored, hands down. Uh, you better say that. I better say that, shouldn't I? I uh, know she is. She's much better than I was. Um, and somewhere along the way, uh, that friendship blossomed into something more, which was highly uncomfortable at the time. And because I think we were both lying to one another, that we had feelings for one another beyond just the friendship and the professional relationship. Uh, and that created chaos. And then eventually that chaos worked itself out. And um by that time, we had already agreed to be co-founders of Inspire and work together. Uh, just hadn't planned on falling in love and getting engaged and living together. In that order? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think you, we, we go back and forth about who had feelings for the other first. Um, it all happened so fast for the two of us that I like to think of a more romantic feel that it was love at first thought. Um, we thought about it and then it just happened. So depending on what the conversation is and what the argument is, that's who, who fell in love first, whoever wins. <laughs> whoever, or whoever is to blame um, <laughs> depends on the, the situation. Nina, how accurate is that? It's very accurate. It's very Thank you, right? I think, <laughs> I mean, I think we, the way we fell in love was perfect for us being entrepreneurs and the way it happened was perfect for us. And we, we just look back on that time and we miss it, but at the same time, we're really glad it's over. That, that uncomfortable part where each of you has feelings and you don't want to be the first one to tell the other one that you have feelings because it may screw up the uh the business relationship yeah it could screw up everything about like i mean you spend so much time building something and you don't want to see see that fall apart because of a relationship um we like to think of our company as separate from us but it really it isn't so and it was okay it was difficult with people around us um because everyone knows somebody that had a horror story of doing business with someone they cared about, whether it was a family member, a close friend, um, a best friend, someone they went to school with, and how it destroyed those relationships. So in my world, when I talked to my brothers uh, about this, and they, they said, you're putting everything into one basket. You make sure it's the right basket, because if, if it's not you're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your business. You're going to lose your love. You're going to lose everything. Um, so make sure it's right. So people were putting FUD into our lives, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And that was difficult. And if I understand the timeline, it, it was uh, Mike Nina was your client at the time. Is that how it was? Or you already started a business together? I had already had Inspire in uh, a, a certain um, design. And because Nina came into my life, 
it morphed into what it is today. Oh, I'm just trying much- to I'm trying to figure out who said first, hey, maybe we should stop paying maybe Nina should stop paying Mike for the mentor that services. Is, that is where your mind always uh, goes. Well, what would you yeah. think? Is it after the first date? Is it after they move in together? When do, when does the payment stop and Mike starts paying back? <laughs> well, well, get this. <laughs> he he mentored me for free. <laughs> so. Oh. Wow. The plot thickens. It does. So he had a plan all along. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't as nefarious as it sounds. <laughs> I, uh, in my world, um, I mentor at that time. I was mentoring dozens of people for free. Uh, I, I really limited my services, uh, the, the paid services, uh, to businesses that could afford uh, a, a higher price tag but gave away advice and help to anyone that would ask. I would but change Nina, the story. I would just say I was, I was <laughs> mentoring Nina for free because I just felt there was a connection. Leave it at that. <laughs> we do talk about how there was an instant attraction between the two of us. Love it. First sight. Love it. First yep. sight. So guys, um, Nina, you are the CMO. Mike, you are the CEO. What's the CMO? Chief Marketing Officer. Thank you. Nina is the CMO. Mike is the CEO. Who does what in the company? And do any of your um, uh, do any of your tasks overlap each other? Yeah. So I like to say that I'm the heart of the business, and I work with all of our clients and potential clients, and make sure that everyone's happy. And make sure that our messages are communicated accurately. And then I also do a lot of the work for our clients with um, design and um, helping people with their strategies from a marketing perspective. But also um, any any other things that might come up in business. Like, for example, recruiting, um, since I have a background in that. And then Mike, he's we call him the brain of the business. And he really focuses most of his time on technology. Um, he's also the ideator. So he thinks for our clients and he thinks for us. Um, and we're, we both do a lot of that. We both really focus on the strategy piece. So we're in meetings together all the time. Um, I know how to code, but he's better at it. So I ask him to help when it, it makes sense. And uh, he also is, he focuses a lot on some of the design pieces. He's an artist, so that's kind of his first business. So when I do want to pull him in to be a creative soundboard, I can do that as well. So there's a ton of overlap. And it sounds like you've got the overlap under control. In other words, it doesn't it it doesn't sound like. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, one of you is uh, doing something the. Uh, on a project, the other one is doing something on a project, and then you come together and find out you were doing two things totally differently. Is that accurate? And and how do you manage that? We we have great communication skills between the two of us. So we spend a lot of time at the very beginning working out our um, SOPs or standard operating procedures to be able to interface well together. Because we knew that if there was going to be a friction point in business, it would be a lack of communication. And uh, the CEO title that I, I have is more a historical title, and it's more to um, lend uh, my background and my expertise to, to some credibility in the business. Um, but Nina and I are equal partners in the business. Um, I'm just responsible in a, a slightly different way. 
But Nina, I, on multiple occasions, I've asked her to take over that title and that role uh, because she's just much better at it than I can ever be. And just let me go out and do the building and the creating piece um, and let her run the business. Uh, she basically does today anyways. Um, so the titles really don't mean a lot to us personally. It's more direction to the outside world. Um, and then to, to wrap up the thought on the communication, uh, we work right next to each other. Um, every day we talk multiple times throughout the day about exactly what we're working on and for who and what are the handoffs that each other's needs and how is each other blocking the other from accomplishing their tasks. And then make sure that we put that all that in place so uh, we don't have friction that bleeds over into our personal life. I, I'm going to pull out one thing that you said, and you also communicate, and I love this one, how you're blocking each other. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it. So listeners out there, think about adding that to your um, checklist, if you will. I think a skill set is a better way to put it. Add that to your skill set? Add that, yeah. Communicating about the blocks. Oh, communicating about the blocks, right. But that that is so important about, you know, how how you might be blocking me from completing a task or how I might be blocking you. So, Mike, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's, that's incredibly valuable. Um, tell us a little bit, since this is, I think, not only for us, but for a lot of our listeners, ha- being an ideation studio, um, being an ideator, what is what would be some sort of an idea that you would come up with for a business in, in what, in what realm of the business um, do you generate ideas? It, it depends on the size of a business. So I can give you examples from small to large. Um, usually there, we ideate against a problem. Uh, so a problem could be a, a growth problem, a product problem, a, um, resources problem and we ideate both positively and negatively what i mean by that is sometimes we're asked to uh, fill up a whiteboard with ideas on how to leverage existing resources within the business to create new revenue opportunities for example at the same time we might be asked to come in and independently uh, think about the business learn about the business and come up with all the different ways that it might go out of business or it might be destroyed from ex- external by another business. Uh, so sometimes it's a positive construction and sometimes it's a deconstruction. Um, and an, an example is um, myself and my team um, were brought in on the technical side to help a large um, government contractor design a new ankle monitor to track felons uh, using contemporary startup methodologies and new technologies. Um, so something as complex as that all the way down to what can we do from a branding point of view to um, establish a foothold in the new market we're going after. So do you need to understand, well, obviously you need to understand the basics of a business, but how deep into a business do you really need to understand it? I mean, talking about the ankle bracelet, do you need to understand the technology or just know that there's a technology that exists that will do what our idea is saying to do? So what I do is I'm familiar with just about every technology, um, electronic, online, um, new tech, uh, and understand it to 
a deep enough level to understand who the expert is and then kind of orchestrate. So I'm, I'm more of a composer than a player. Uh, so I compose a team together that can then solve the problem. Uh, but first and foremost, my primary job within uh, the team is to um, ask the right questions because uh, ideating is just relentless question asking. So asking the right questions um, to solve a problem um, within the constraints of whatever that problem is. See, Mike is different than a lot of people who can go in and ideate because he's more of a generalist. So like for me, I'm not a generalist. I can't go in and, and think of ideas for just any company. I'm brought in for that type of um, service in specific situations. So I think he undervalues how that because it's very cool to see what he can do when he has very minimal experience in an industry and he can come up with all of these ideas. So it's really fun to watch him. I think that's pretty cool because when you're coming in from the outside, you're not limited by the thought process of the business, by the culture of the business, or by the, the boundaries of the business where they've been. You get to, because you are already outside the box, you get to think there too. So it, I think that's really cool. It's the ultimate outside the box thinking for somebody else. Absolutely. I want to take us in a little bit different direction now and that we understand the company and how it works. Um, and they're engaged, and, and they're, they've been doing it for two years. They haven't even thrown in the whole marriage thing yet. They're so they're, cute. They're so cute. They're living together, but just wait. So in, in the two years that you guys have been in business together on this journey, what has been your biggest entrepreneurial fight, and how did you work through it? Ooh, do you want to take that one, Nina, or do you want me to? Yes, please. I want Nina to take that because it sounds like a good one. <laughs> Um, there's been, well, multiple fights on the same thing where Mike, when he is deep in a problem, he has a very hard time stepping away and just saying, I'm not going to work on this right now. And so I will be, I'll ask him to help me with something and I take him down these rabbit holes that he really shouldn't be going down. And it takes away like half a day or full day of what he what he should be working on and it creates a little friction so i'm sorry mike a, a little <laughs> friction a little i love friction. it I mean, it's I... true I, it, ever since i was a little kid uh, when i see a problem um it's just natural for me to to think about it and try to solve it even when we're walking through the grocery store and there's a can on the floor i'll pick it up and put it back in the shelf where it's supposed to be i'm constantly solving problems so when nina comes to me the person i love most in the world with a problem she's running with on a web design or a marketing material or a collateral piece, um, and there's a technical issue, I'll stop doing what I'm supposed to be doing and can't prioritize uh, well enough independently because I love her and I want to sol help solve her problem. And time disappears for me, and that's not always a good thing. And then the blame game sets in. <laughs> Now, I have a yeah. question, Nina. Does he get grumpy and and bite your head off first and then come solve the problem? Or does he just kind of come willingly? He he usually is solving the problem for multiple hours, and then he gets to the point where he gets a little grumpy. And and then we go down the, the path of talking it through and figuring it out. Ah, so he gets grumpy later. Are you trying he to make a comparison here, He doesn't Kat? just jump down anybody's throat and Nina's throat and just 
start grumpy from the very beginning. Well, maybe she's not wrong from the very beginning. <laughs> well, she's never wrong. I mean, that's the problem. Is I'm wrong because I should be mature enough and educated enough to not have to solve every one of her problems. And I, I need to let her figure out the solution. I don't need to be the ideator all the time, especially with my, my, my partner. With, not just in business, but in life. With that answer, you do get to keep your man card for another day. Yes. <laughs> <Yay>. Congrats. <laughs> so now tell me when, when you have these little friction bouts, uh, does it carry over into your personal life? We do a lot to make sure that it doesn't. And usually one of us will go take the dog for a walk and then we come back and we talk it through and that's it. Our, our, Arguments don't last very long. They're minutes. They're never hours. Is there any, get... is there any carryover resentment? I mean, even though I know the argument's done, and I, you know, when Catherine and I are done with an argument, is there's still always that little bit, those last few minutes of carryover resentment till it's really out of your system. Do you guys get that as well? I personally don't. Um, yeah, I, wow. I don't know if you do. Opened up a wound. I don't feel like First I do. I'm very forgiving. And I feel like it doesn't help either of us to carry it over or to have any resentment. And if I have further questions or venting that I need to do, I feel like I'm pretty good about doing that rather than waiting or letting it escalate to a point where it just it becomes something more than it should. Let me, let me just show you the, the little sheet that they sent us again. See right here, it says how long in business together, two years. And then it says relationship status, engaged, how long together, two years. I see that. Yeah, let's interview them in another five years. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> see if she's just as forgiving. 20, almost 22 years, honey, and most of those in business together, so. Well, let, let's move on to something yes. more positive. Absolutely. So what, what are some of the joys that you guys experience being together 24-7, and how has it changed your lives? Oh, I, I, we had both been married before, and we're unhappy in our marriages because the concept of work and personal um, really don't have a, a good demarcation. They, they bleed very much into each uh, each realm. And so for me to be able to find someone that has that same philosophy, that it really isn't work for me. It's just me practicing my skill. And sometimes I have to do it late into the evening. Sometimes I have to wake up early. Um, and to have someone else that has that same philosophy and that same drive and the same desire um, was just pure bliss. I mean, that's before it would always be friction and here that that friction doesn't exist uh, for example uh, nina was up uh, doing a website design uh, late into the evening last night um, i had finished my task for the day and was unwinding and there's no resentment that she has to do that and she has no resentment towards me that i'm doing my downtime because sometimes that's flipped um, and i think that's what's really nice about having uh, someone in your life that works with you so closely that they can understand that you take the moments you can personally um, and not to keep score or track or punish the other for having to work or not having to work. I think it's really important for our relationship. 
And, and well, let me just back up one second on this because, I mean, I know there are times that I work late into the night and Catherine doesn't and, and vice versa. It goes the other way around. If I'm sitting there in the living room watching TV, knowing Catherine's in the office, I kind of feel guilty about that. Like I should be there doing something. Do you guys have that same kind of reaction? Well, I don't think Mike can because I'm not a morning person and he is. And so when when I'm working late, it's usually because he started his day at four or five in the morning. So we don't feel that way because of we're just we operate at different times of the day. That's the military training, isn't it? Yep. Getting up that early. Getting up that early. Well, fair enough. That's that's a great way to resolve it. Yeah, sleep. I like that. No, that they have two different schedules and they are perfectly fine with their two different schedules. And they meet in the middle of the day. And they meet in the middle of the day. That works. Okay. And and we also take time off in the middle of the day. So that's where, you know, working for yourself, having your own business, you kind of are flexible with your schedule. And we are able to use our schedule to enhance our personal relationship as well. So, for example, when we're done with this podcast, it'll be around 2, Denver time. We'll take off and um, go get a late lunch and go shopping and hang out for a while um, and have some downtime together. And then Nina will probably come back and work into the evening. And uh, it'll be my downtime since I got up early. And I think that's one of the best things for us, too. When you have your own business, you can just make your own schedule, go out. Our going out for a late lunch and shopping is actually kill two birds with one stone. Just go to Costco and get the samples. You know, that take care of it all at once. Uh, But (laughs) what people don't realize, because people see you do that and, and judge saying, well, they barely work, but they don't realize that, Mike, you were up at four o'clock in the morning starting to work. And Nina, you're going to be up till midnight or one or two in the morning working. So, you know, we make up for it. Yeah, I find that people either romanticize the entrepreneur lifestyle or vilify it. Exactly. Uh, they romanticize it because I get to take all this cool time off. But I also work at least one day every weekend. Um, I, I work late in the night. I am on call all the time for all the tech that all of our clients have. Um, and people just don't – they don't understand that, that, that it, it takes that much time away from your personal life and on the other side vilify me um, because I have that time. Uh, I can make that schedule. Uh, I still have a boss um, and Nina's uh, the greatest boss I've ever had. Wait, and, I'm the boss? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm responsible to you. You're responsible to me and, and oh. that's what makes our relationship strong. There you go. Now, Nina, tell us one or two things that the two of you do to separate your family time from your business time. Some things we do to separate it. Um, if you do, it's yeah, it's interesting because we're because you know we we think all the time for our clients, but also for ourselves. So even when we go like down to the hot tub and just want to relax, we'll be thinking of ideas for business because we just love it, and that's why I think we work so well together. Um, but there are definitely times when we separate. I mean, I think we we do take at least some time on the weekends to um, just to have fun, like go see a movie or go for walks or things like that. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else, Mike, that you can think of that we do? I mean, it's it's hard because everything in our world is built around buildings. So even our where we live, uh, we have a two story loft and we work from home. 
so we're always around each other. Uh, we don't go to an office. We don't have these demarcations that allow us to say this is a workspace and this is a personal space. Um, and that that was that's one of the reasons why Nina and I, as a couple, work well together. Is we were in relationships before where that that demarcation was very evident, and when you crossed over that, it would create friction. Uh, so our our relationship is extremely well. Uh, lubed in the sense that it flows very well from work to personal to family to social and back. Everything is is optimized to have fluidity um, in in both time and place, um, income, everything that you would think of to that would create a friction point within a relationship. We spend a, an enormous amount of time at the beginning of our relationship talking that stuff through to make sure that we were going to be that compatible. Yeah, and what's else? What else is interesting is a lot of our clients become our really good friends. So even when I'm like going out to happy hour, I end up talking about business because I'm going out with a client. But they're, I'm not going out with them because they're a client. I'm going out with them because they're a friend. So that's interesting. You know, when we think about it more, there's really there's not a lot of separation. Let, let me, I'm going to go a little off script here because it, this brings up a good topic, I think. When when your clients become your friends or your friends become your clients, do you find it uncomfortable to send them a bill? <laughs> yeah, actually, I do. I was, we had a conversation about um, one of our clients and I just felt like we, we needed to cut the bill in half. <laughs> Because I just didn't want, I didn't want to even have to send it to her, but I was like, well, maybe we'll just cut it in half. And I asked Mike and he's like, yeah, let's just do it. So it's, I think when they become really close friends, it makes it hard for me personally. And I'm the one who manages all of that. So for me, not so much. Um, <laughs> I've been in business with uh, both of my brothers. I'm an older and younger and we've built multiple businesses together. Um, so I, I guess having professional relationships and personal relationships, um, I was just better trained to have a, a stronger separation between those two things. Well, um, I did not know that, so maybe you should take over billing. <laughs> <laughs> you probably make a little more money, but uh, at what expense? Uh, oh, I, I, well, th we, I think there was just a little bit of friction there, Kat. I'm not I, sure. We may have solved a problem. <laughs> we may have created a new one. I don't know, but I'm the, I usually have a... A hard time we don't do too much work for friends though so I, I try to stay away from that because yeah we just don't do too much work for friends so if it doesn't go well it, it could affect you personally so that's what we do absolutely so let's move moving along now that I digressed a little bit what books along your lifetime that you've read business type books self-help type books that you would recommend to our listeners that really helped, you know, just one or, one or two that really helped you uh, get a handle on things in general? For me, it would be The Alchemist. Um, it, it's more of a fiction book, um, but it just opened my eyes to my own personal possibility. It was a, just a great story. Um, and I, I, unfortunately, I don't know why the, the world kept that away from me for so long, but I didn't find it until my 40s. And uh, upon reading that book, I, my world just was it got much larger. Um, and a lot of tech books, I, I, you know, like Rework or 
um, just different business philosophy books. Um, I, I usually flip through them and I'll read them cover to cover. Um, you know, I love things by Tim Ferriss. Um, it just depends on the, the ideation clients we have at that moment. Cause I find that for myself, I take on different personas, um, when I'm working on different client projects to help ideate. And so I almost have a different personality somewhat and my reading habits change based upon what I'm working on at the time. Um, but the ones that ground me really is the alchemist. That That's interesting. And, and I'm, I'm just trying to think if I, if we spoke to anybody else who's personality, and I mean, obviously it's, it's a generalization, but personality changing based on the clients. That's well, I, I, I get bitchy with some clients, but I, I don't think that that's what he means. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. And you tell me I'm number one all the time. Well, that's, that's totally different. Nina, what about you? Has there been any one particular book that really made an impact in your life? Um, yeah, I really, well, I went to a conference a couple years ago and saw Bernadette Jiwa speak and she has, she has multiple books, but my favorite was marketing a love story and being in, you know, the marketing role. Uh, I picked up that book and I, I really, I loved it because it was, it's not that I didn't know how to do marketing the right way. It's just the examples that she gives and she reminds you that it's marketing shouldn't feel like marketing. So I'm always thinking about that. What story am I telling and how is it making that person feel? And if it doesn't align with what I want anyone to feel when they come in contact with the Inspire brand, I'm, I've trained myself to just throw it away. And she was, she was a big reason why I'm able to do that. Oh, I like that. I'm going to have to look that book up because I think it's important for everybody to stay on brand, period. Yes. Uh, now, if you can give our listeners, not if, can you please give our listeners one piece of advice if they're thinking of going into business together, if they are in business together, what piece of advice would you give them? I would say communication is the, the only way you're going to get through being in business with the person you love. We have to feel comfortable talking about every single aspect of our relationship and our business together. And I don't think if, if we haven't, if we weren't able to figure out how to do that, I don't think we would have been able to be find success together. And I think our company would have failed very early on. Yeah. For me, it would probably be, um, the word that popped to mind was tolerance and not in a negative, like I have to tolerate, you know, but being open and accepting of her point of view. Um, and even if I disagree with it, even if I, 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 I don't support it, um, especially when it comes to client work, to have enough tolerance to be able to be um, communicative with her and explain why, instead of just making a snap judgment and then because she doesn't agree with me, I get mad. Um, so for me, I think that combination of strong communication skills and tolerance skills that we both have for one another uh, leads to an effective partnership. That it, and it all comes back around again, that communication. You want to be open to the ideas. You want to uh, be tolerant of the possibility that there's a, you know, there's a different point of view and then communicate that well. So I, I love that one. 
Nina, Mike, let's go to my favorite round. Mine, mine too. Yours too. The food round. What is your favorite meal to cook together? If you guys have a meal that you, you know, a specialty meal that you cook together, or what is your favorite meal at your favorite restaurant? Oh, well, this this is a very interesting question because Mike is the pickiest eater I've ever met in my entire life, and I am a, such a foodie. So there's a, we clash in this area big time. So I'd say my favorite thing to make is a chicken salad that I put a ton of veggies in and a grilled chicken, and then I grill up or I fry up some um, crispy polenta cakes. And when I make that, I make him a side of chicken and some brown rice, and he's good to go. <laughs> so he he and he he just loves things to be plain. He loves chicken, and um, yeah. So that's that's cooking at home. And then when we go out. P.F. Chang's is definitely our favorite restaurant, and it's within walking distance of our place. And he will always get the Kung Pao chicken, and I always switch it up almost every time. So. You are not allowed to say I'm picky anymore, Catherine. <laughs> but Kung Pao chicken is not a plain, flavorless dish. You know, I think even the pickiest of eaters, Asian food, wins all the time. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, but except when I make it. <laughs> I can't make him anything Asian and have him eat it. <laughs> but P.F. Chang's, I guess they P. have the special touch. They must. They must have the special touch. <laughs> so, you don't cook together. All right. All good. Last question. Red, white, or beer? Tequila. Tequila. All right. Mike. Well, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Blanco, Blanco, uh, Añejo. No, Blanco, Resposado, Reposado, or Añejo. 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 So one of the things we do when we like have something to celebrate with our business is we go buy a different bottle of tequila to try, and it's always Añejo. Very nice. We we ask because uh, one of our friends is a tequila snob and, and has uh, a group with the same ha- name. And has a group called Tequila Snobs. So, so that's as much as we you know we truly truly know about tequila. We um, we know sip don't shoot. That right. We, we know. know sip don't shoot, which is important as as you as you go on in years and just in general if you're enjoying tequila. Mike, red, white, or beer. Um, well, what's ironic is I didn't start drinking until two years ago. So I don't know if that's causal or corollary <laughs> in the end of my life. But, uh, um, I went 45 years without drinking. Your, your um, therapist will have a lot to say about that. Probably. Uh, it might also be the divorce and everything else that happened. But, um, I, my, I, my eyes were opened up when I was 45 in the end of my life. And, uh, I just got tired of living the life I had lived and wanted to try new things and um, went out and tried uh, Bomar Scotch as my first drink ever, which wow. was a big, big mistake. Um, <laughs> and uh, tried a couple other different uh, flavors from vodka to spice drum and then tried tequila and kind of enjoyed it. That's where you landed. That's where I landed. So uh, I don't drink beer. Um Nina's got me interested in, in wine, but I'm nowhere near uh, uh, an affectionate of wine at all. The only, thing, the only thing we'll recommend is don't get white Zinfandel. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing we'll recommend. Because then, you're not, then you, don't drink, you don't drink wine then. 
Oh, yeah. You guys are right on that one. That's right. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we get back, we've got a pet peeve. Hey, everybody. We know you love audio. Why else would you be listening to this podcast? Through audible.com, together 24-7 listeners can get a free audiobook. That's a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash together. Again, the website is www.audibletrial.com slash together. Listeners, you have a business. You need a website. There are a million choices out there, so where do you turn? Well, HostGator.com has one-click WordPress installs, or you can use their drag-and-drop website builder. They also have service and support available around the clock every day of the year, so you know you're in good hands. They already have low prices, and now HostGator.com has taken it a step further for our listeners. Use promo code TOGETHER247 to get 25% off their hosting services. Don't wait. Hit pause now and sign up at HostGator.com, unless you're driving. Then wait till you get where you're going. Remember, use promo code TOGETHER247 to get an additional 25% off at HostGator.com. Welcome back. You know what time it is, Kat? It's pet peeve time. I love pet peeve time. It's my second favorite part of the show. Food is your first favorite part. Food is my first on everything. And then there's that whole let's interview people that are in business together and live together. All right. Eh. Eh. Mike has a pet peeve. I love his pet peeve. Because there are times I just want to smack somebody upside the head because they don't know the difference between literal and figurative. So, Mike, what is your pet peeve? Well, when I'm watching TV, and especially during political season, uh, and you have educated talking heads on TV, and they use the term at the end of the day. And unfortunately, I take things very literal in life. And What's funny is I mentioned it uh, to Nina when we first uh, started watching TV together. And to this day, when we're with a client or we're at a, an event or we're even watching TV and someone uses at the end of the day, we both look at each other and smile uh, because it's one of those pet peeves that is once you are attuned to it, it, people say it all the time. Literally, they say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's literally all the time or is it figuratively all the time? Maybe it's figuratively all the time. I, I apologize. No, I, I think I, I actually agree. I, I hear it a lot. So it may quite be literally all the time that somebody somewhere is saying at the end of the day and it's yeah, really we, we, not the end of the day. We've had presentations, uh, demos of products where the person giving the, the demonstration would be and at the end of the day it does this well, why are you telling me at the end of the day i really don't care yeah i want to know the middle of the day right now right now so <laughs> i have to well, wait was, for the end of the I was, day i was fascinated why people actually use terms like that and so i looked at the psychological research on it and it's people need to have a verbal crutch so their thoughts can match uh, sync up with their what they're saying so that's where all these terms come from uh, that people throw out there to kind of have a spacer so they can catch up mentally with what they're trying to say. And that's why if you're going to speak a lot, you probably should go to Toastmasters or something similar. And you... learn to speak and don't um a lot like I do. Oh, you um a lot. I um a lot. You do. Nina, Mike, the company is Inspirer. 
you do ideation for companies, working with them on positives, how to get bigger and better and do more things, potential negatives, which end up being a positive for the company, I think. If you know the potential negatives, you know how to avoid them. Engaged in love and in business. Oh, Mike and Nina, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks for having us. And all of their information will be on our show notes page so you can get in touch with them if your business needs some inspiring. And the show notes page is at together247.net. That is correct. Yes, it will be www.together247.net. Say goodbye, Catherine. Goodbye, Catherine. We'll catch everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We want to thank you again for listening. Be sure to go to iTunes to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, and review it. And if you have any suggestions, just email us directly, together at together247.net. Check us out on our website at together247.net slash resources for some great ideas, resources, and offers for your business. And don't forget to click on our sponsor's links as well. Do you own a business with your sweetheart? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at guests at together247.net. And don't forget, we have a new episode every Monday and every Thursday. So go ahead and subscribe and keep on listening.